I thought we pretty much agreed that, that, that all that happened this last week was like a mediocre pay-per-view and then just a clusterfuck of like a last half hour. Yeah, I feel like if we want to start this show quickly reviewing the last week, all all we have to really be like is, yo, fuck Charlotte, Kyrie Sane's a badass. There we go. We're done. It's it's not even fuck Charlotte. Fuck Charlotte. It's like, what do we pay the refs in WWE for to stand there and look like jackasses? <laughs> That's all, that's all they do. Oh, are you hurt? Okay. Walk away. Like, oh, thanks. Thanks, douche nozzle. I don't really, <laughs> fuck, fuck like calling a stretcher and stretching her out so that like the rest of the match can go, no, 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 we're going to put her in an even more damaging situation. Yeah. Because by, by not fully expressing to the other, wi- like the, one of the other women who then gets pissy and like does a sandbag powerbomb on her. Slaps her in the back of the fucking head. Which, like, I'm sure Becky was like, she's hurt. Or something. But, like, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that she probably didn't know what kind of hurt until after <laughs> she'd done it. I would love and then the camera cuts to her and she's just like, Ugh, uh-oh, fuck. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second annual Golden Boy Awards. I am your host for the evening, the bad boy of award ceremonies, Scotty Moore. I'm confused that we aren't calling it the Tibbies, the Dylan. No, no, no. The Tibbies is a JWF thing. We don't do the Tibbies. That's not us. Oh, I thought we had. I thought we. I thought we had co-opted it by paying off Captain Tibbs with that <laughs> bottle of light rum. <laughs> it was a 24-pack of Natty Light. That was only for one year, and uh, thank you for being a boys. It's Blake Tanner. Thank you for being a boys. Yeah, that's a way creepier way to sing that song. <laughs> yeah. Yep, thank you for being the boys. Thank you for being a boy, Dylan. No, no, no the. You have to put the. If you the- do uh, <laughs> then it sounds like child molestation, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a line, let's not cross it. So, we might as well get into it right now, because fucking, it's December, that means wrestling, they say wrestling never stops, wrestling technically stops in December, it doesn't matter, and I, uh, quick quick show note before we get into it, there will not be an episode next week, because we have families, and like to enjoy Christmas with them. That's a lie, I actually don't have shit going Christmas Eve, but they do. (laughs) Yeah. So... Let's start off with the bad, the worst, the most diabolical award. Okay, really quick though. Oh no! How are we gonna be doing this show? Oh, uh, so it was—it was the most half-assed way I could think of doing. Which is, <laughs> each of us picked a nominee. I put it in a spreadsheet. Then we each voted for our order, and then I took those orders, averaged them out, and what you're going to hear is like. Basically, our opinion of the three we've nominated, what order they would go in. So, our number one is the official Fight Boys ranking for the number one best of the year. Who really deserves that golden boy? And these fuckers worked for this one by doing some diabolical shit. Because up first is our heel of the year. And I'm not talking about bad guys. I'm not talking about MJF or Kabuki Warriors. I'm talking about... 
just the fucking worst thing of this year. And uh, Blake, you you've nominated number three. If you'd like wait, to wait, 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 wait. Before we before we get get into this, uh, honorable mention to someone who actually took the category seriously. Uh, <laughs> the person that actually tried to be like the actual most hated person, uh, Jay White. The only person I've seen who gets legitimately booed in Japan, uh, not for like interference or anything, just by being himself. Like the Bullet Club used to because they would constantly like fuck up with matches and like, you know, goes against strong style. Jay White just get booed for being there. He shows up and gets booed. Yeah. How is it that I knew that somehow Dylan was going to get Jay White in here Because somehow? he said it. He fucking said it in chat. He was like, look, you guys can do whatever the fuck you want to do, but I'm talking about Jay White. He deserves it. Uh, well, fuck. Well, speaking he made of made a Madison Square Garden. Well, uh, speaking <laughs> of creepy, greasy boys, Blake, who is our number three nominee for Heel of the Year? No. Third place Heel of the Year is Corey Graves. This, and I, I decided to nominate him because I dislike the Twitter presence of many people, but there's only one dude that has made my favorite commentator actually just, and I, it's probably, it probably wasn't like everything that made him just like take some time off and make Morrow like leave and end his social media presence for a while. But Corey Graves is the man that started it and fed those flames, and for that I can never forgive he him. Also, he also started a, a shock jock podcast, kind yeah, of. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to bring up, is the fact that Taz actually tweeted out about Corey. Let me see if I can find the exact tweet, because I sent it to you guys. Uh, someone was asking, oh yeah, Graves is determined to get himself the bully reputation. Taz responds, no, he just wants content for the podcast WWE handed him. Meanwhile, he has every resource possible to succeed, but he tries to become a hot take, controversial, outspoken, shock jock podcaster tryhard. Brother, please. And that's when Taz got over with me again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, Graves has just been that constant shit heel on Twitter and you it's, it's on his podcast too I can con- confirm because at one point he was like I miss the queen Charlotte I miss like badass Charlotte and I was like I miss you shutting up yeah <laughs> god forbid we let other people have a chance in the sun yeah fuck that no 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 he's uh, center of attention of course always and really mostly his Twitter game like He's kind of a shitty person in real life, but uh, I don't even want to get into that stuff where he and his ex-wife split up, and then people were wondering if he was cheating on her with Carmella at the time. Oh, shit, that was this year, too, wasn't it? It was. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck, he's he's had a run. I hate him because he made me dislike Carmella for a period of time. Yeah. I also hate that, like, he started out being a commentator that I like, but now he's just not. He's just... He's Jerry Lawler light. Yeah, he's kind of Jerry Lawler light. He's just that kind of guy who's coming out, and every time he sees Mandy Rose, he just can't help yeah. himself. Well, going from one greasy boy to another greasy boy, my number two heel uh, heel of the year nominee is um, the man who I think holds the award on this show for being the only man to ever have all three of us nominate him as a heel of the week, and it is a Seth freaking Rollins. 
And I, I, I'm I so wanna, sad that we lost that audio. I want to give props, by the way, to the fact that Seth Rollins at the beginning of this year probably could have been a baby face of the year. He really could have. And then he had like one week during that Becky Lynch, um, Baron Corbin rivalry where he came out against like AEW. He came out on Twitter. Who was it? He was, it was Osprey, no, wasn't it? Was it was Will Osprey. John Moxley, and then we had to deal with his fucking stupid Baron Corbin angle. Yeah, exactly. He, all he, that he struck out in one week. Yeah, all that happened at once, and then from then on, it's like he doubled down on it. And it was, I honestly, it's the same thing with Corey. Corey knows what he's doing. And with Seth, I think he was straight up like, I'm fucking bored, turn me heel. Which meant that we had to deal with months of him being a terrible person on Twitter, where I think Seth was just wanting to turn heel, and then finally the company was like, Okay, fuck it. Like, you know how Zack Ryder got himself over with the YouTube show? I feel like he was trying to get himself over as a heel this year, and then they finally decided to run with it after Survivor Series. The thing is, is that, like, it's it's arguable between him and Corey who's worse, just because, like, while we all hated Rollins for months, like, Rollins would at least apologize every once in a while. Like, he tried to make amends to Osprey, and, like... He 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 and Moxley are cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do we do we have confirmation on that? I feel like Moxley doesn't give a shit, and that's why they're cool. Yeah, like, it feels like less of an actual like, oh, we're friends again, and more of a like, listen, you just stay the fuck in the corner with your hair. I don't think that honestly. I'm not even sure that Moxley ever took it seriously because I think mean, he's one of those guys that's just like you know he he probably he knows Seth better than any of us, so um. Like, this is probably just like, oh, yeah, that's just him being him. He's like, ah, uh, he's, he's snorting the Kool-Aid again. And also, Seth did have that period of where he was trying so hard to be the company guy and defending the company all the time. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. No matter, like, what bad shit was going on, and he would just not let up. And I hope that his heel run will be better, because after... After Mania, like, he beat Brock, and it was not as big of a reaction as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And then it's just been a downward spiral from there. And we'll get into that in in another category, but for right now, let's get into what I consider a late entry. Because it was not until I saw Final Battle last weekend that I came to you guys and said... I know it's not on the list, but I think this might need to be number one on the list. Dylan, would you like to go? So, um, there are a lot of gruesome things that happen in professional wrestling. There's a lot of death matches. There's a lot of injuries. Uh, but never before have we seen a promotion commit on-air suicide by <laughs> fucking over everyone in their company collectively. In one year. It's been it's been happening for a long time, but it all came out in one they come year. Out in nine months. Yeah, Madison Square Garden happened, and then that was, and then it slowly, slowly over time. Also, I, number one heel of the year, Ring of Honor. We should we haven't said the name yet. Yeah, you need to announce that. Congratulations! First. Da, 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 da. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Ring of <laughs> Ring of Horror. Oh wait, no, that's uh, that's Vincent's new uh, like fucking uh carnival game uh, yeah it's literally do you remember crazy steve's first stable before decay it's that it's just that oh here comes the clowns okay cool yeah <laughs> and then the clowns 
God, we've this. This is the thing about having Roh and Seth b- both retired heels. Did we retire Corey too? I can't no, remember. I, I don't we think... just hated him. Yeah, it was like a. It was like an. It was like a flare. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing about having them both on here is because we have spoken ad nauseum about how horrible Ring of Honor has been specifically since the Madison Square Garden show. The Madison Square Garden show, which should have been their, like, moment to cement themselves. Yeah, it was when they decided to shit themselves on national television. It was great. Yeah, and then after uh. that, we had the Kelly Klein stuff come out, all the stuff with Joey Women Mercury. only deserve $20,000 to wrestle. <laughs> I don't know what Steve <laughs> sticks wrong with that. Also, yeah. we don't need to hire security. We're just gonna have this old fat man bully people in the crowd whenever they whenever they boo the heels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, Bully Ray is almost a tangential like heel nominee uh, that is tacked on to Ring of Honor, like because of all of the shit that he did as like. What even is he in the company? He's, He's something. He's the Hulk Hogan of the company. He's basically the the wrestler with all the creative control. And I'm realizing that more and more because, like, one of uh, the new people in Ring of Horror, Team 3D graduate, almost any new people they have coming in are coming straight from Team 3D, from what I've seen. And that's straight up Bully Ray's influence. So, yeah, Ring of... They definitely deserved it because, like... I remember sitting there going like, oh, final battles tonight. I might as well check it out, see like PCO win and all that. Even the PCO match, and I know PCO is kind of limited as a worker, was ridiculous. Kind of. Yeah, kind kind of. Kind of limited. (laughs) But I mean, like the match was ridiculous. Destro, his fucking Frankenstein comes out at one point. And they, the story is supposed to be, oh, he's getting reinvigorated because they hook him up. To the car battery of a hearse. And you'd but they thi- fuck up the spot. What, not that. You'd think that they would have, like, sparks shoot out of the car or something for the live audience. It's just him holding on <laughs> to the fucking jumper cables and being like, and that's it. That's the whole bit. And that's when I went, okay, no, they, they deserve a spot. They've done too much this year. We had... A scene in the wrestling audio drama that we do where a literal god came back to life after being killed. And somehow that is more buck wild than, like, it th- that fucking stupid car battery. Yes, we do more realistic shit and we had a live resurrection. So, yes. Did, wait, didn't that happen with the Ministry of Darkness? That feels like a real angle. <laughs> oh, no, that was, a, that was a live human sacrifice. Sorry, sorry, other yeah, way around. Yeah, or crucifixion as well. Uh, yeah, 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 of course. We did have a live exorcism, though, at one of the paper yes. views. But we've talked the biggest heel of the year. Now let's get into the biggest surprise, the biggest holy shit moment of the year. What shocked us the most this year? And this is my favorite because I know what number one is and it makes me feel special. But let's start with number three. And I honestly, I didn't think about this one. So Dylan, I kind of want to know your reasoning behind your choice for this is the number three spot. All right. Um, so my mine for surprise of the year is the uh, the booking of Kenny Omega in AEW. Yeah, <clears throat> it's surprising because 
I didn't expect them to go the route they did. Like, I, I really did expect that they were like, okay, we're going to put it on Kenny. Kenny's going to be the flagship worker. And then we're going to show work rate for their first thing, however long. And instead, they're like, we're going to have a 50-year-old man slowly back elbow Kenny. <laughs> like, at the speed of, at the speed of smell. Yeah, yeah. And then we're gonna we're gonna then have him lose again, and then just slowly go crazy. And it's yeah. just been like like the whole thing has just been buck wild. Like we're still in the middle of it. Like this hasn't concluded at all, and it probably won't until like we reach double or nothing again. But like, no, that's not what I that's not what I expected. I was fully I was fully bought into like first AEW champion Kenny Omega, and like no. Nope, yeah. not even close. I got Triple H. I got Mega Champion Kenny Omega. That that's was close. Cool. That's still cool, but still, that's. I can't believe that they turned something that was, at the time, a little disappointing into. This is still good shit. Yeah, though. no, it's it's been it's been like I said, it's not that it's been bad in any way, shape, or form. But like every time they do something, I was like, I'm still, I still, you, you're still getting me. Yeah. It, it's almost a reverse of uh, a later thing we're going to talk well, about. Well, number two is something that it kind of, it, it didn't shock me the day it happened, but if you had told me this at the beginning of the year, it would have shocked me. And it was CM Punk fucking returning to wrestling at all because, and I understand he's not like a professional wrestler right now. He is an analyst. But at the same time, just seeing him display the love that he has for pro wrestling again made me so excited. I feel like the way we learned about it made it even better, because it was while recording this fucking show, and it was at the very end, And Blake just be like, hey guys, something happened. And like, ever since that, like, I, I, I talked about the Wrestling History X show that we're doing for Patreon. I immediately was like, I want to talk about the Summer of Punk. And I've been revisiting old punk shit, and it's great. And I don't know, it just, it, it really took me by surprise that punk came back. It also took me back, uh, took, took me aback by how he returned, which is on a poorly rated FS1 show at the end of it, <laughs> only to be back, like, every couple of weeks. But still, I'm like... It's fucking good. He's back. I can hear him shit on Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin's dumb angles. And that's what I want that more than I want Punk to wrestle. I just want to hear Punk talk about shit. Because Punk was Punk Punk was a was a like above average wrestler. But he was he was like the top tier character and talker. Yeah. And that's what you're getting. You're getting the best bits of Punk. Exactly. And now finally, the number one biggest surprise of the year blake tanner right here right now um this one was it's not really related to any of the big wrestling companies i guess but it's related enough for us as the fight boys yes because number one is the fight boys go to vegas so listen the fuck up (laughs) y'all By the way, I want I want you to know I take at least twenty five percent credit for this. Oh no no no! I I knew it was going to be number one. That's the only reason I didn't pick it. I was like, I'm going no, 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 to no 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 no. I meant for this happening. You remember how we had the show months and months ago, and I was like, yeah, put our name in. You never fucking know. Oh no. yeah, yeah yeah. Oh yeah, that's exactly what. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about because it's um, 
Scotty just on a random day sent a message to us and says, "Hey, uh, try to get into doing Starcast. Y'all gonna be good? Should I should I even try doing that? I was should- like, do it, bitch." <laughs> and then he did it. And then one day during my first week at my new job, I was going to get like lunch. And then Scotty's like, hey, this is happening. No, 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 no. If you don't, the day of, I was radio silent. I was, hey, guys, the show's tonight. Um, And then we had to cancel the show for some reason. And I was like, can we just hop on a call anyways? Because I got to tell you guys something. And if I remember correctly, I believe Dylan thought the show was being canceled. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yep. man, we're, we're ending it. Like something happened. Oh, this is sad. I'm going to miss these guys. Yeah, <laughs> but um, okay. It was the day after I was thinking because that was when I was like working on getting all the making sure all of the flights were booked because <laughs> I had to book a flight for Dylan. Um, but we just sat in a chat for it was a long time. It could have been two whole Fight Boys episodes. <laughs> like yeah, we were like once we realized this was happening, we had to go through all of the logistics of planning a trip to Vegas in, like, less than a month. I had to, like, rearrange a vacation I had already paid for. And uh, your family was coming to visit, weren't they? Yeah, I missed, I missed like, all of that. Yeah, yeah, hold on. If I may really quickly, the worst nightmare possible came true for me because I told you guys and then Plate goes... I've got a play I've got to do. And then I'm like, well, Dylan and I can't. No, I've got family in the ta- coming into town. G- guys, no. <laughs> guys, we can't do this. Thankfully, it worked out that it was a week that I wasn't needed. So, yeah. And, and my my family was really cool. And I explained, like, hey, listen, I got like a once in a lifetime opportunity here. So I'm going to need y'all to not. <laughs> and my whole family was just jazzed that I was going to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Your dad was like, can y'all win me something, son? <laughs> and the fact that that happened at all. Yeah. Like, that we, not only did we get lucky enough to, like, get a spot to do our podcast with Mega Ran also. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In front of an audience of three. Three. <laughs> um... I like to count Matt Maney in that audience because we got to know that was probably the biggest win. Um, but we just got to chill in Vegas for a weekend and we did not fucking stop, even though Dylan was so fucking sick. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, no, no, no. My favorite thing is like, so I'm, I'm kind of under the weather now, but like the whole time I was like, man, it could be worse. I can make the decision to smoke cigars and drink liquor again (laughs) like I did last time I felt like this. And then get on a shitty airline across country. Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The whole trip, and but finding out about it was probably, like, the most jazzed I'd been about something all year. Yeah. Well, now... And that's why it wins... The surprise of the year. Now let's move on to the most improved. This show improved so much <laughs> this year. Um, now let's start with third. And Dylan, I don't think it should shock the world that you managed to shoehorn these two into a category if you'd like to begin. Not only, listen, listen. First off, fuck you. Second off, both of you are wrong. Your picks are wrong. <laughs> and you should feel bad about them. Yeah. Because, 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 like, the Kabuki Warriors are are the correct decision, because when the Kabuki Warriors got together, 
uh, I remember all of our exact reaction, which was, of course they put the two Japanese people in a tag team, and then they had a white person be their mouthpiece, because that's how colonialism yeah. works. <laughs> it's like the... It's like the reverse Orient Express, honestly. Like, we replaced Mr. Fuji with Paige. We replaced two supposed, like, like, we replaced people with the two Japanese. And, like, it was, it didn't work because Kairi had her original pirate gimmick and Asuka was still regular Asuka. And, like, they didn't, they didn't really do anything. They weren't even on TV for months. Yeah. It was just they existed. And then randomly, like, three months ago, they were like, Hey, what, what if uh, what if Kyrie became like a wolf anime villain, and Asuka <laughs> just started looking like she bled like poison from her mouth and eyes? And they were like, I don't know. And then they did like they had like the best week ever, where they they sprayed mist at Paige so effortlessly that it looked like a Renaissance painting, and they've become the best thing every week that they're on television. Yeah, like like I will put the they're in like the top two segments. Like number like like either they're number one because they come out and they like do their over over the top fucking like Japanese anime bullshit and then they always have a like at least a good match. Sometimes it's really good and they pull some like crazy shit. Like 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 uh at TLC they had a lot of really good spots. Like it's overshadowed by like the other stuff, but they they were they were fucking going for it. Oh yeah, yeah. At one point, they just tie Becky to a ladder like it's railroad tracks. And part of me wanted Becky to start wrestling with the ladder attached to her back, like she would have to try to climb a ladder while attached to a ladder. Yeah, and not only that, but they have also earned like the unending respect of everybody that they've gone up against. Yeah, specifically with um their last match at TLC too, which I think. Really does submit them in this category, um, but yeah, yeah, no, because it's 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 been great. They've been great. Like I said, they're like ev- any all, any content WWE puts out with them. I'm just like, oh, I look forward to it because like it's I know it's going to be quality and like it it's always like like weird and unique because like there's nobody really doing their gimmick like in that way. Like it's it's so weird and like unique but like every time they do something it's similar but it's still somewhat different and uh and i'm like i'm a a big i'm a big fan i'm a big fan that asuka started using the mist the mist i think is one of my top five wrestling gimmicks i remember you hated it at first because you were just like an asian you gave an asian person the mist okay and then like a few weeks later you're like this is the best fucking thing ever because it, it was, like, because at first it was a one-up, but once she, like, had, like, the new makeup and everything, and she just started, like, there wasn't any show to it, she would just do it. Like, because yeah. a lot of the time it's, like, it's, like, you're summoning it like it's fucking Naruto, but she was just, like, hey there. <laughs> like, like, just full. Yeah. That one she did on Charlotte where it went on for, like, a full five seconds. Like, mm-hmm. shit like that is why it's 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 great now. But, like, again... I, I was hating it, and then they proved me wrong, and they improved it past, and that's why that's why they're my, my pick. Well, number two is mine, and it is a guy who last year I considered... he I, I loved him when he first got to... Uh, left WWE, and then he just got worse and worse and became, like, a guy who... Three-star general, baby! Three-star general! He just had matches. Like, Kenny Omega, a man who could have a great match with a literal blow-up doll or a fucking child couldn't even pull a decent match out of him like it was all right the one they had 
But then this year, my pick for most improved, Cody fucking Rhodes, turned it up to 11. And I don't know if it's because AEW is his baby and he wants to be, he wants to be like his daddy. He wants to be Dusty. He wants to be the one who consistently puts on the best product in his company. But like the fucking Dustin match, phenomenal. The match he had with uh, Darby that went to a time limit draw, fantastic. Everything, I don't think Cody's done a thing this year where I've been like, eh, that was all right. It's always been like, fuck yeah, Cody's here. The only thing I don't like about him at this point is the fact that he's added like weird orchestral music at the beginning of his theme song. And I'm like, oh, okay, if you want to triple no, H no, it just, up, you can. Just give me the downstep. Yeah, just give me the downstate, please. Give me the downstate. <laughs> um, also, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? I was going to say, I just can't remember. It's like, uh, make him say, uh. Yeah, make him say, oh, yeah. uh. <laughs> he makes him say, uh. He's cut probably my favorite promo of the year, which is the one before He's the Jericho several. thing. Oh, yeah, fantastic. And so, like, that is why Cody is my pick for most improved this year. Blake, I'm curious about yours. Both of you, well, I mean, Dylan was obvious he was going to do Kabuki Warriors, but I'm real curious about your <laughs> pick, the number one most improved boy this year. Well, my number, the my pick and number one most improved wrestler of the year, John Moxley. No, no, no. Because you got a Justin Robert in. It's going to be, yeah! <laughs> Five hours Be- Five hours later. Moxley! Okay, let me tell you why I love this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Because he went from his stupid vaccination, stinky people gimmick in WWE, deciding that he was going to leave, got eliminated from the Rumble right in the middle of it by, I think it was Aleister Black, and he just, like, basically disappeared and went to ground wasn't even on wrestlemania uh had the yeah had that weird shields last ride thing they did for the network and then all of a sudden that fucking changed when dean ambrose died and john moxley was resurrected yep. he went on and he smashed the g1 he was so fucking good um sure. his whole God, his whole uh, angle with Shooter and having the uh, American Championship, like, yeah, that was all so good. He went in, uh, he did so many, like, indie bookings. He showed that he's still the fucking workhorse that he was in WWE because he just fucking loves to wrestle. And he got to do wrestling the way he wanted to do it. And that's cutting these badass promos, and that is maiming himself. Whenever he fucking feels like it, all of his matches I've enjoyed this year. Um, his deathmatch spots have like, while some of them I I can I utterly cringe at the matches still tell a good story. His whole uh promo style hasn't changed per se, but he has increased like the intensity and the levels of the paradigm shift promo uh, still comes to mind every time I think about it. Like, he went from having shit, absolute shit, that he had to turn into something decent with WWE to having 
carte blanche to be the badass that he was always meant to be. Yeah. And I think that's why he's the most improved this year. And I don't think, we didn't put it down as a match of the year, like, candidate between the three of us, but his match against Kenny, the death match, was fucking phenomenal, and I love it. Yes, definitely. Like, that was... He hmm. caused one of my favorite reactions I've heard this year, because as I've talked about on this show before, when Dylan goes to full childlike glee because of pro wrestling, it makes me so happy, and at double or nothing... At one point, when Moxley starts coming out, Dylan stands up like Santa Claus is coming to the ring. And he goes, he's here! He's really here! Oh my god! God. That was such a good fucking mark out moment, too. Yeah. And the fact that we were there live for it. Oh my god. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh... Moxley, he's got a killer theme song, but he does not have theme song of the year. I actually would give it an honorable mention, though. But for right now, let's get into our nominees for theme song of the year. I will go first. Yeah. Because our third place is those good, good fucking boys, the Pride of the West. SCU! I fucking love their theme. The, I I heard it for the first time in its entirety at um, at Double or Nothing, yeah. and maybe that's why I love it so much. Um, but it just gets you so hyped mm-hmm. when those three are coming down to the ring. And really, there aren't tons of wrestlers that you want to shout out their name every time it's in the song. <laughs> but them, yeah. But these guys. Oh, dude, I'll be driving down the road and listening to it. Window rolled down. People will be walking on the side of the road and they just get spooked because they just hear, SCU! <laughs> From me on the outside. They're like, fuck, what was that? Also, I love it because at the end of it, because uh, most wrestling themes, they go on for a while, and then it fades out, because it's wrestling. If you keep listening to their song at the end, it's just them doing bits back and forth at each other. Like, fucking Scorpio starts doing a southern accent, it's real fucking hilarious. Yeah, like, it, I think it's all around just a great song. It's great for an entrance, too, because it's not too long. It will loop if it if you let it. Um, But it's also, it's one of those songs that gets you hyped, and... I see that one being a song that someone's, like, it'll cause a whole stadium to mark out to, like, if they break up and return, or if they just go away for a while and return. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll say, of all all three of ours, I blast on the reg. The only one that I don't blast is because it's not on Spotify yet, and it is Dylan's pick, our number two theme song of the year. Ba 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 best friends. Da na da da na na. best friends. Fuck you, it's amazing. Oh, not, yeah. only, not only does it slap, the story behind the graphics for it is fucking amazing. Uh-huh. That's half the reason I love this song. Well, my favorite is how I found out about it, because on Twitter, on the Fight Boys account, I went like, 
It sounds like, or it looks like Chuck and Trent just randomly texted them different shit to put in, and that's how it was made, and then someone replied and was like, that's because that's exactly what fucking happened, and then showed a screen grab of fucking oh, Chuck yeah, and Trent. Me. I was like, I was like, well, well done, you guessed correctly. Because yeah. Because Chuck linked the text, he was like, I don't know, can you put in like some aliens and ghosts? And Cody texts back, shoot, we can do that. <laughs> And they and by God they fucking did and it's and it's, puppies it, yeah, and puppies it's the most random bullet and I was like this is terrible but it fits perfectly yeah. and this song is amazing like everything about this it's like the best friends everything about this shouldn't work and yet it works perfectly mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no no uh, the most recent episode of JXT that me and Blake did. One of our tag teams lost to the best friends in tag team action. And at first we were disappointed. We were like, that's our boys. And they lost. But it does mean we get to play bow to bow to bow to the best friends. And now... It's just so weird. It's lovely. And now finally, here's my thing. A good pro wrestling theme song. I feel like the words, if you listen to them, they need to like empower you. I remember back in the day... Uh, I came to play by The Miz would blast on and I would just get energized like, yeah, I did come to play. Let's fuck this shit up. Let's go. Especially if your theme song is an actual song. Yes, exactly. And that is the same exact energy I get from our theme song of the year. A song that we were hungover and exhausted in an airplane to, was it Dallas that we had our connection in? Yep. And... and we were just all been like just fucking rapid Cody's theme because it gets I had that shit stuck in my head for the entire Sunday. Yeah. I was like half like sick. I was I was like I was I was nicotine high and like buzzed at one point and I was like I Still like that song. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we would be like on the plane, like really exhausted. Man, you know, guys, my my advice is, my father said when I was younger, and it's just uh, every, it, every time it comes on, I get empowered and just want to go take over the world. To this day, if I've if I'm having a bad morning, I will blast that bad boy like when I'm in the shower or something, and that is. All I need to just feel a little bit better. Yeah, but once again, this is why I I get upset about the fucking uh, weird orchestral mu- music at the beginning of Cody's theme. All I want to hear is that wrestling is in my blood. And just crank it up, and that's all I fucking need. First off, that's not actually what he said. Oh, what is it? Uh, wrestling has more than one royal family. Oh! (laughs) Fuck yes! Oh, man. But now it's time to get into what normally should be the end of this, but we've kind of swapped it out with something that I can... when, When, like, Meltzer releases the wrestler of the year, I consider it what we've changed things out. Instead, we're doing performer of the year. But for right now, I want to talk about the best in-ring wrestler of this year, who has put on the best performances in that ring in the year of 2019. And I'm starting things off because I picked a weird one, (laughs) y'all. Because I didn't pick both Young Bucks. (laughs) 
I picked exclusively Nick Jackson because really Matt is the storyteller. He is the what I would call the entertainer of the group. I mean, he's got his cool, like, backflip fucking suplex spot he does now, but for the most part, if you're looking for the wrestling, it's Nick Jackson. I, I, I do, as an aside, I do love the Infinite Northern Lights suplex. That's a fucking hilarious spot. It's such a good spot. And then, like, the other guy will run in, he grabs them, hits it too. Um, but yeah, Nick Jackson just consistently impresses me in the professional wrestling ring. And I was just going to do the Bucks as a whole. And then he had his match against, it was Phoenix, wasn't he? He had the match against. And that's when I went, yeah, oh. First singles match in like decades. And I was like, oh shit, Nick's just good. Nick's just good no matter what. He consistently. Pulled- that's why he's the hot tag. Yeah. He's consistently pulling off like in set. Was he the one who took the Canadian destroyer through the ladder or was it Matt? No, that that was Matt. That was Matt. But, e- I mean, even yeah. then, like, that whole match they had against the Lucha Bros, which was probably, that would be my, we didn't put this as a category, but my series of matches of the year, like, storyline-wise. Rivalry of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, would be Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks because of all of the just insane spot fest bullshit they did during it. Because at least there was still, like, logic to it, like their uh, Escalera de la Muertes match they had, where fucking Nick and, uh, I can't remember, I think it was uh, Phoenix, just kept looking at each other like, don't you jump on my brother, I'll jump on your brother, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it! And then just perfect synchronicity as they hit it at the exact same moment. And that is why Nick Jackson is my 2019 Wrestler of the Year. Man, really snubbing Matt over there, yeah. huh? And my my entertainer of the year, Matt Jackson. <laughs> uh, I guess that means it's time to get to my wrestler of the year. And that is none other than Adam Cole, baby! Uh, he's just had a really great year's worth of matches, I think. Um, especially front-loaded in um, early on in the year with his... Uh, series against uh Johnny Gargano. He's had a bunch of just matches with a lot of great people in NXT. Um I really liked his matches against um that involved uh, Velveteen Dream. Um and then you came down and all the time. All of the matches had great story. He's a great wrestler. And I just always be like if he's in a main event match or something it's one that I want to see. It's like the big one that I know I want to see. And I mean, he's def- like he's had the NXT Championship for a while now, um, and he's always put on great defenses of it. Uh, specifically after his um, that match at War Games where he, he died. The, yeah, where Again. he died. He died twice. He's died twice. That's impressive. Yeah, and then the next night went on to beat Pete Dunne in a great match when he was injured. With a broken wrist. Yeah, I was going to add that in. I mean, and that's the beauty of it, is he's had that title for how long? When did he win it? I can't even remember. It was earlier this year because um, Gargano beat him for it. And oh, that's he won right. it back. And then, he, and then they finished it with, like a, with the two out of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. No, no, the two out of three was where, um, two out of three was where Gargano won it, and then Cole won it back from him later. Yeah. 
And it's not like it's gotten exhausting. Like, he could hold that title for a Brock Lesnar length of time, and no one would be like, he's had this for a very long... It's like AJ Styles. When AJ had the title, no one was like, he's had that title for how long? He just happened to hold it for, like, a fucking year and some change, and no one questioned it. Yeah, because his matches are good, and he does them a lot. By the way, he also has an impressive streak of super-kicking people mid-backflip. Uh, mid and I don't know how you practice that, but by God, if he doesn't have it down to a science. Yeah. At this point, and that's why I love me some NXT champion Adam Cole action. And our number one wrestler of the year goes to a man who I don't think I've seen a match he's done this year. But Dil so that's why I'm just going to sit down and let Dylan take the reins. So here's the thing. I have seen... I have seen uh, a good portion of his matches. The, the the thing is, is that he has wrestled like an absurd amount. Will Ospreay, uh, my wrestler of the year and our overall wrestler of the year, has wrestled an absurd number of matches. He's wrestled in every everything you can do in New Japan. Uh, New Japan, uh, New Japan Cup, Best of the Super Juniors, G One, uh, Super Junior Tag League. Like he has done everything. He can, and at every single point of that, there's at least one match of his that everybody's like, you have to see this. You have to see see the match. His, his final at uh, Best of the Super Juniors, like, like in almost all uh, reviews, all boards, like match of, match of the year candidate, like high up, like his stuff during the G1 that he did, like making everyone look amazing. And he does it, and he does it consistently. Like he just keeps going and going and going, and it's it's not he's not limited by his junior uh, status. Even in the company, they're like, yeah, we'll give him the never belt. Like we'll legitimize him. He had that great match with Ibushi, where he murdered Ibushi. God, like, that Ibushi match was so good. Like he legit, legit, he he developed a mean streak. He keeps going around to like multiple con countries. He keeps trying to put like like part of New Japan on his back. Uh, especially now that Kushida left, he's like, all right, I'll do that. And, like, it's – every time you see a gif or, like, you see, like, a section of a Will Ospreay match, you know that, like, that was good. But that was probably the whole match, if we're being honest, because it, it always is. There's not I, – I can't think of a bad Will Ospreay match, like, tag league, anything. There's never one where it's like, well, that was a one-star. Like, that's that's more impressive. Is like where where like even if you don't have five star matches every time, if your lowest is like three, three and a half, like yeah, exactly. But I like I think it was when John Morrison came on the bump, the WWE weird podcast thing they do. Someone put joining us in studio today is the most impressive athletic professional wrestler on the planet today, and I get really replied. But they go, Will Ospreay's in Japan. <laughs> what are you talking? Oh no, no, that was. No, that was that was uh John was like I am I'm, I'm really happy to be here in uh oh in WWE with the best performers in the world. And Punk was like Osprey's in in Japan, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we do need to give a uh, another award, an award that I'm begrudgingly been paid to give and it is of course our Patreon person of the year. And unfortunately, that does have to go to that motherfucker Ghazi, the man who's consistently and always donated the most at patreon.com slash a load of BS. And listen, if you're out there right now, fucking donate. 
dethrone Gazi. You can donate like five bucks, and next year we'll be like, yeah, they're get, they got it, <laughs> they got it, they beat Gazi. And if you do, Gazi, who has always been in the chat, Gazi, who has always just been chilling with us, we went to see a show with Gazi. It was great. Yes, you motherfucker. But of course, if you do donate, you get access to exclusive shows from all the shows on the network. Me and Blake do a show called "You Paid for This," where we watch terrible movies and then commentate over them. We're actually gonna have to watch Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer soon, and and Blake might be on psychedelics, but it's fun. If you want access to that, you get that and wrestling. History X, the exclusive wrestling history show that we're going to be producing. Have, did you guys check out the first episode? I sent it to you guys, but I understand. It's a lot. Yeah, I haven't had time. Uh, it's perfectly... It's okay. The only people who really need to hear it are our patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, before we get into the rest of the awards, do we want to give an award for Twitter account of the year? Because I know Dylan is firmly in the sexy Chucky e. T camp, but I want to give it to a non-wrestler, which is uh, Boss Moz. Boss Moz has been my favorite account this year. Uh, that's cool. I, I don't have anybody to nominate because I don't check Twitter. All right, Dylan, you want another one? <laughs> uh, do I have another one? I mean, yeah, you're just like fucking Oni. Duh, Oni Lorcan. No, no, I mean... I mean, he is really good. The only other ones I follow are like, uh, like the ones that cover Japanese, like uh, Evan Deadly Sins or Lariato or TDE, who makes all the fucking like wrestling gifts. Like that dude's that dude's cash money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm putting the Golden Boy Awards are tonight, and right now we'd like to award at Sexy Chucky e. T at Boss Maz. And you know what? I'm I know we're not that fam- you guys aren't that familiar with him, but I'm gonna give it to Warhorse. Fucking Warhorse has been dominating this year. He rules ass. So, for hashtag Twitter accounts of the year. And while I do that, let's go back to the negative well. I think this is the last time we do it. To talk about the worst fucking angle of the year. And I originally had Bray on this. Like, everything since Hell in a Cell for Bray. But after TLC, he's kind of redeemed himself in my eyes. Like, the... The Miz storyline was actually pretty well done. I liked that a lot. It's just get rid of the red lighting and I think he'll be good. Yeah, definitely an honorable mention because that's also led to the streak of all of the Fiends matches. Yeah. Because they're all the same now and they just got real bad. Yes. Uh, But anyway, Scotty, would you like to throw in your third place oh that's right we've already gotten into it a little bit but really it's the only time where we had to see our boy megaran get disrespected on a national scale and that for that they will not be forgiven for what ring of honor did at madison square garden in april (laughs) I still remember, because you asked him, because we were eating with him at a Bubba Gump's at uh, Daytona for... Uh... Y'all went to eat at Bubba Gump's with Mega Ram? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went well, to Bubba Gump's. We went to Bubba Gump's and we went to Wing House and looked at ass and ate wings. We've been over yeah. this. I also don't... I didn't know you could... I also <laughs> don't know if Ran wants this story out, so we'll just let it be secret. But, but like, he, he, he told us, like, what what all went down with it. And, like, we were like, oh, that's, 
That, I mean, that tracks for how bad the company is doing, but, like, I'm sorry. Like, he got punked out. Like, uh, uh, he he could have done something cool. He could have brought out, like... He wanted to. Yeah, he could have had somebody cool come out and attack Bully Ray. Instead, Bully Ray just comes out and scares him out of the ring again, because fucking Bully Ray. And so, um, so that happened... Can I, can I, wait, can I, can I, like... You can tag team this with me if you want. Okay, great. Uh, here, I'll do the stuff that they uh, they fucked up with New Japan people, and then you can do the other yes. ones. Or we can start at the... Let's start at the beginning. Uh, first fuck up. We're going to bring in the beautiful people and relabel them and fuck our own women's division. Oh, also, we're going to have a really awesome, like, Battle Royale Al match to determine who's going to face someone later in the match, and we're going to have Jushin Thunder Liger in it, and, oh, he's not... And, and, and the Great Muda. And, and we're going to have the Great Muda neither of them up. are going to win. <laughs> also, we're not going to pay for anybody's music from Japan, so everybody at oh. home doesn't get to enjoy Minoru Suzuki's entrance theme, and they're going to be really confused as why everybody yelled Kaze Ninare yeah. at the top of their lungs during this random create-a-wrestler music. Exactly. So that happened. Then, like Dylan said, uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have Enzo and Kaz show up under shitty names with no build up. Uh, jump the barricade uh, after uh, a match. Get beat the shit out of by the Briscoes, and we're gonna piss we're gonna piss off uh, the Gorillas of Destiny so bad that they're going to do nothing but shit on our company for six months. Oh, and by the way. Uh, we're gonna bring in Cass and Enzo, but we're not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna film it. We're not gonna cut to it. We're gonna try our best to ignore the whole situation. To me- that way, the wrestlers in the ring and everybody else thinks that this is just those two being dipshits. We're gonna do that as well. Lastly, we're gonna have our main arm part of the main event, a triple threat ladder match, and we're gonna have the least over person <laughs> on our roster win. Over the most over person on our roster, on the biggest stage to the worst reaction. Because we're afraid that Marty's leaving, so we're just not gonna give him the belt right now as a way of being like, why don't you stay with us though? Why don't why don't you stay? Instead, we're just not gonna give it to him because fuck Marty. He he hasn't done anything for this company. <laughs> By the way, did y'all mention Dalton Castle? I might have missed it because he got the royal snub on that show. And, and- Oh, yeah. Didn't he turn- We're gonna have Dalton Castle have a thirty-second match against Rush, and then turn heel, and then turn heel the next day on the boys. No, no, it was then. It was that same night. Oh, that's right. Turn heel that night on the yes, boys. Yes, exactly. We're gonna ruin everything on the grandest scale. Our biggest show of the year. I fuck that. Biggest show of all time. We're just gonna. This was their the beginning of their shift to becoming essentially WWE light. Of instead of focusing on what got them no, to the no, dance, no, no, they're 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 worse. I'd rather watch WWE than them <laughs> right now. Yeah, exactly. At least the production values there with WWE, maybe not the camera cuts, but like yeah, exactly. So Ring of Honor's Madison Square Garden show is my uh, is my worst angle of the year. Blake, would you like to talk about yours because? Yours kind of resulted in a series of bad angles. Exactly. And that's why it was mostly, like, when we talked about it, why this is just kind of just lumping all of these in. And that is the baby faces that won at WrestleMania. Yes, giving the fans everything they want. 
having literally every storyline end at WrestleMania. Every major storyline. And things like, okay, let's start off with Kofi Kingston, because I think this is the biggest yes. one. Kofi, like, rose to the challenge, defeated Daniel Bryan, and, like, went on to cement himself as uh, the WWE champion. And he had a pretty strong run, but they never really did anything with it outside of Kofi's got the title, he's gonna defend it. Big E is now gonna call them the WWE champion in his intro. That's all that changed. Yeah, that's about it. And then he's gonna lose to Brock Lesnar in two minutes. I don't know if they'll let him do it, but I'm very curious on the New Day's podcast if they'll ever actually discuss that. Because, like, this week they got very fucking candid when it comes to, like, injuries and shit like that and got really real. And I'm like, oh man, I want to hear Kofi talking about how he felt about his title reign, at least the end. I... I do too, because it must have been such an empowering moment, like to be there at Mania, to have won that championship, to have like cemented your legacy and then have it go nowhere. I mean, it's, it's very similar to what I assume would have happened with Daniel Bryan if he hadn't been injured in 2014. Exactly. Well, you, because it was like immediately after he won, you knew that they didn't have anything for him. So they just threw him in like a couple of shitty feuds. And they just kind of, like, pushed the goalpost until Brock wanted to come back. And that was about it. Yeah. Um, that's the big one. Um, there were a couple of smaller I ones. I mean, you had um, Seth and re- Becky get out. Seth became an asshole, essentially. Becky became... Yeah, Seth um, Seth beat Brock Lesnar in something that none of us really thought would was going to happen. And then, of course, we talked ad nauseum about what happened with him. So I won't belabor that. But he went into another spiral because his uh, reaction to winning the title wasn't as hot as people, as they obviously thought it was going to be. So he was just going down the toilet. Well, you had that, and then you had Becky, who, her bit, the big deal was, she's now Becky two belts. She's got belts for both brands. She can jump, she can do everything. Loses it, like, the next fucking month. And then immediately enters the worst—easily could have been worst angle of the year, uh, which was the Lacey Evans-Baron Corbin bullshit, where they were like, Becky Lynch is Seth Rollins' girlfriend, you know? That's the girlfriend. And it also drugged Seth into it, so— Yes, exactly. They didn't have a—it's the end of a story, and they didn't have a plan of where to go next. They just said, let's give them everything they want. And we'll settle it after the dust clears. And the dust cleared, and they went, oh, fuck, I got no clue, y'all. Yeah, they they rarely do in, like, at the end of Mania, or at the, the end of a big show. Like, you can see where the story desert is. Yes. Where the drought of storylines are, and it's usually after Mania. But like, we're in December, I know where the droughts are. <laughs> Uh, but this is a big one too. Also, honorable mention: Roman Reigns beat Drew McIntyre, and where the fuck's McIntyre? Yeah, <clears throat> he's doing his whole thing. Um, now, oh god, Dylan, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to hear you go off on this one because this deserves its spot as number one worst angle of the year. All right, so, uh, so, so, all right, guys. So let me let me pitch this to you from the beginning. All right, so you know Rusev Day. Yeah, yeah. You know how Rusev Day is pretty good. It's pretty over. Okay, we're gonna break that up. 
We're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have Aiden English turn on turn on him. Was that this year too? Uh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah, it's been a long goddamn year. Yeah. Uh, and then we're gonna have and then we're and then we're gonna have Aiden English. He's just he's just gonna kind of fade into the background. He's just gonna kind of disappear. And then we're just gonna have Rusev kind of like flounder around for a while. Um, and then uh, and then we're gonna have a shitty angle uh, with uh, with Mike Canellas where uh, Maria Canellas is uh, just being a, a real bitch to him, and uh, he's he's just taking it uh, because Vince McMahon gets off to that shit. Uh, and in that angle, and in that angle, uh, we're gonna have her like pretend that the baby isn't Mike's. It's not. It's not Mike's baby, and instead it's Rusev's. And Rusev comes down and kicks the shit at a at a at a Mike Kanellis. Uh, but unfortunately, whenever you defeat Mike Kanellis like that, you take on his shitty angle because now Lana is cheating on Rusev with Bobby Lashley, and there's just gonna be there's gonna be just a bunch of really uncomfortable vignettes, just really sh- stuff you didn't even want to see on TV. Not because of like. Like the interracial like tones, like that's that's fine. It's the unnecessary sexual tones that I didn't want in my wrestling. I forgot about the fucking vignettes, dude. I really did. Oh yeah. Oh, it keeps going. Uh, and then we're gonna have we're gonna have Rusev just look really sad for a bit. Uh, but then Rusev in real life, I'm pretty sure, and in the in the ring, just stops giving a fuck completely. <laughs> just 100 percent. Just. <laughs> powers off he's just like whatever and, and like like we're gonna make him focus all his attention at lashley and this is gonna be a back and forth and lana's just gonna come out and give shit promos for months like at least three yeah. months of just, just terrible promos the worst of her career uh and in english too there's no russian accent rusev calls it out at one spot everybody's gonna laugh we're gonna look like retards <laughs> um sorry I don't like to use that word, but like, 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 somebody has to have some kind of like, just, just, somebody had to like, just Freud, not even Freudian slip, like, they just had to mentally shut down to continue to book this. I also like after and last then, week where Dylan dropped the R bomb and then was like, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry, guys. Drops it again this week. This is his streak going. No, it's just, I got so angry that. <laughs> It's like when you get angry in an argument with somebody, you just call them something you shouldn't, you're like, damn it. It's like that. Yeah. Uh, but, like, and then then we're going to keep that going, and then we're going to have uh, Rusev lose. We're going to have him get punked out at TLC real hard. Real hard. He's going to look like a bitch. Yeah. And then the next, next night, we're going to have them celebrate, and then now there's going to be another wedding angle where Bobby's marrying Lana. Mm-hmm. Because that's... Did, it's still going. Yeah. It's the end of the year. Did you, this shit started in July. Oh, fuck. Did you? Oh, no, 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 it didn't. It started on the uh, first episode of SmackDown. Or on Fox. That's SmackDown Ever. on Fox. Yeah. No, that's how. It, no, it's been going since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's just. And the worst one for me was the fake pregnancy angle, because that's something that always is like. Y'all know there are people out there trying to have babies and can't, and that's gonna fuck with them. And you know you don't want to do like April Fool's Day. The people come up with fake pregnancies. It's like, hey, no, that's not cool anymore. You don't do that. Meanwhile, WWE's like, it's probably getting them more heat. Let them do it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, you know how people, and I know there are people that defend it being like, this angle is so bad. It's good. No, this angle is so bad. It's horrible. 
This angle is so bad that I believe somebody somebody said, WWE, keep my next paycheck if I never have to see Lana and Bobby Lashley on screen yeah. again. <laughs> I mean, it's, take this from a man who genuinely enjoys bad shit. Like, my favorite, fa- my favorite ride at Universal Studios is Fast and the Furious Supercharged, and that's, that's a fucking shoot, brother. I hate, I love some good bad shit. This is not good bad. The only thing I get from this is like schadenfreude of seeing someone constantly fuck up. That's the only pleasure I get in it, out of it. Not a pleasure of, oh, this is so bad, it's good. Ugh. Okay, we, we can't do this anymore. It took us so long to get through the worst angles because we were so yeah, angry. So instead, let's talk about some good angles. The best promotional tactic used this year by a company and mine is um probably the dumbest <laughs> but it's when mjf made a bunch of nerds mad on twitter <laughs> because uh for those of you who forgot to promote a very small blow-off match that mjf had against brandon cutler uh brandon cutler posted like uh no 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 MJF posted a selfie of him in the gym, jacked is all shit, and it says, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. And then all of D&D Twitter unleashed hell upon it. And a numerous amount of them, once they found out it was a wrestling angle, was like, I need to see Brandon Cutler beat the fuck out of you. So it was it was like a straight up old school Roddy Piper moment, except it was with a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> I have some bad news for those nerds. Uh, that's not what happened. Yes, exactly. Uh, MJF did end up winning. But, I mean, at the same time, you got to think of all the people that it brought in. And let me tell you something. AEW is fucking great for nerds. It's great. WWE is for the center of the bell curve. AEW is for the far end of it, of just the nerdy people who are willing to look into backstory and shit like that. They've got a fucking dinosaur on their roster, okay? And I feel like- He's over his shit. Yes! And I think MJF bringing in all of these nerds to AEW is exactly what they needed. So that is why I consider that my promotional tactic of the year. But Dylan, yours brought in- the center of the bell curve to AEW, not the far end. Oh yeah. So uh again we're gonna we're gonna do a little little thing. So uh imagine you're in Jacksonville, you're you're announcing this new company that you're making. Uh you're the elite. Like you got all this you got all this indie cred, you got all this Japanese you got all this stuff. Uh but you need you need something you need you need something to, to put it over the top. So so what do you do? You bring in arguably like one of the best performers of the generation in Chris Jericho, and you just have him show the fuck up at your press conference. Yeah, and he announces that AEW is Jericho, and he sells a million goddamn T-shirts that say that. And he, guess what? It 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 fucking worked. It worked so well because then the WWE people were like, "Wait, what the fuck's Jericho doing?" And like, it was it was brilliant. And I know why he did it. He talked about like. Hating to, because he he can he concurred with uh with Moxley is like yeah no fucking trying to trying to get shit done with those with those those dickheads was was yeah. awful, and like he was like all right I'm gonna back this horse and like it, it's just it's been great. 
Yeah, exactly. And, like, he was the one who coined the change the universe thing, wasn't he? Because I don't think it was I don't think it was Cody or something yeah, like that. No. We're going to change the universe. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, um, it's that thing that Jericho does where he can turn a phrase and make it into something massive. Like a little bit of the bubbly. Or Le Champion. Yes, exactly. To where he is now announced as Le Champion. It was a dumb thing he said once, and he was like, oh, shit. Like, that that's what he would always talk about when he was talking about, like, doing shit on uh, WCW. He would be like, I would s- just say something dumb, and next week I'd come, and there would be signs of, like, a th- man of a thousand and four holds, or, like, Ralphus Jericho personal security shirts all throughout the crowd, and that's when I'd be like, oh, this is something I can hang on to. He is the smartest fucking wrestler of all time. And yeah, bringing him in for AEW was probably not a death blow. Because I feel like the war is still going to be going back and forth. But it was definitely one of the strongest power plays they've made. Oh. Now, Real body shot. This is, yeah. But but to get on to our number one best promo tactic of the year. And, and one that I think will follow, like, it'd be one of the best known for a long time. And I'll argue, some people are going to say we're very AEW heavy today, and there's fucking reasons for that, because <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, but this one isn't an AEW-based. Yeah, I was going to say, really many like. people would think that. So I just want to quickly say, this is not AEW-related. Um, And that is... So imagine. Fuck. 11.59 p.m. We can't keep doing the imagine. Dean Ambrose's WWE contract is Gone at midnight. The clock strikes midnight. Dean Ambrose is dead. And boom! John Moxley's Twitter explodes yes! with this fucking great video, like well produced that they spent a lot of time on making. Everybody was scared that Moxley would disappear right after that for a while. I he, believe on the wouldn't... show we were like. He could go to AEW, or he could fuck off in the woods for five years. We don't really know. He could go either way. <laughs> exactly. He could just become a kingpin in Vegas. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. all possible. He basically did. Um, and this fucking Twitter video hit. And by the time I wake up the next day, it is everywhere. Like, Mox, he's, he's breaking out of the fucking prison. He's running. He, you see him, like, cutting himself on that barbed wire, and, like, no, he is back, and he is ready to do that fucking thing that he wants to do so good, and that is wrestle. I, I, I realized during my, uh, during my nominations that I was very Mox-heavy. Yeah. And- oh, I was Cody heavy, so it, it tracks. It's fine. Well, my favorite thing about it is it was so well produced that they also put in not only hints, but red herrings. So there was just like a big fucking dog, and they're like, that's just Roman. It's fine. Then there would be like a sign that had uh, in the back of the dice had like five... Uh, it had like 525 or something like that. And people would be like, that's the date of double or nothing. And it's got dice like Vegas. And I'm like, or it could just be a bar Moxley liked. Like, come on. It was so perfectly done that you couldn't tell what was a hint and what was a red herring. It was a perfectly made video. Yes. 
And who was it that helped him film and produce it? I forget his name. The Deathmatch Wrestler. It was a Deathmatch Wrestler, and I think AEW ended up hiring him because he did such a good fucking job with it that they're like, we can't not bring him in for this. Yeah. Listen to, um, listen to his podcast with Jericho and it'll tell you all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, podcast of the episode of the year that's not a Fight Boys episode probably does have to go to that Moxley interview because it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah it, it brought a lot of stuff to light that we're still um, we're still processing. We're still, I mean, like, it, it brought forth the that's good shit meme. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. And this is one that's just like, I think about this every now and again when I think about how to do good promotion, and it's just like, boom, you throw shit like that, that's a real curveball. That's a real surprise in wrestling, dropping that Twitter video. At midnight, no less. But now it's time, we're down to the big three. The three things people come to hear are Entertainer, Wrestler of the Year, Babyface of the Year, and we're gonna start with our Match of the Year and it should be no surprise to anyone that Dylan's is from New Japan. <laughs> hey, hey, fuck you and your bias. <laughs> Put me third. Yeah, bunch of bitches. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was talking about the, you know, the hypocrisy is that you guys voted Will Ospreay with me as wrestler of the year, and then I put his best match in, and you're like, no, that's only the third best, so you can go fuck well, off. Well, hold on, you remember me saying, I've not seen any Ospreay matches, I just believed in you, I was like, no, 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 Ospreay is great, so I'm just gonna vote it. But- you could have easily found it, asshole. <laughs> you had time, yeah. and resources. Anyway, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takage was uh was fucking masterful because it was Shingo who at that point had never been pinned uh or submitted he had uh like won and lost the tag titles but that was because they threw Bushi in there and was like yeah okay he can take some losses and he hadn't been defeated in the best of the super juniors fucking run through everybody like a host of great matches so he was literally like fucking unstoppable force versus Will Ospreay who showed up with a literal samurai sword <laughs> to this fucking final, and they proceeded to have, what, like, one of the best goddamn matches I've seen. Not even, like, like junior, like, fucking, like, heavyweight, like, in that, like, like, just overall great matches. False finishes that were believable. Like, match could go either way. I watched it the day after. I knew the result. They still got me. Yeah. Do you have any idea how hard that is? Like, like, they made me, they made me, they made me believe (laughs) in it. I will say, it is a, it is a truly phenomenal match. And if I, like, if I knew more about the actual storyline going into it, then I probably would have rated it higher. Um, uh, it's, it's so, it's so beautiful. It's why, you, y'all get on me for like for New Japan, but I was just like, but the story, like, if you if you put any amount of like, like you might maybe it's like you're like me and you can only really like look at it on Twitter or watch like a few matches, but you're like, man, they've been really just building on this shit for years. Yeah. <laughs> Callbacks to stuff years ago, like it's like the anti WWE where they're just like, hey, you remember that thing we did years ago? And I kind of let it slide. I'm gonna murder your family over it now, <laughs> <laughs> like. And you're just like, wow, I really appreciate you, like, going back for that plot thread you left there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on to Blake's uh, match of the year, and it's a fucking, it's a good one. 
Yeah, this is a banger. Like, this is one that I was invested in the story through not only, like, when this happened, but with a certain wrestler's uh, journey to this moment where it was Cole versus Gargano, the two out of three falls matches where Gargano won the NXT championship. And you mean the you mean the match of a thousand kickouts? Thousand yeah. kickouts. That is um, the only issue I have with this match at all. Is by the uh, end, Johnny Gargano looked like you needed a shotgun to defeat him. And I think that <laughs> was that was so much of the point. Point blank range. <laughs> yeah. I think that was so much of the point that like got across to me because it at that point I was like there was almost no doubt in my mind that Gargano was going to do the thing that he always does, and that's almost get it. And then he started to kick out and kick out and kick out, and it's like, this is either building to a a glorious victory or a complete and utter defeat, and they could go either way with it. But also, the spots were fantastic, the pacing was great, and I just, like, this is the match that I was most invested in all year, I think. Um, And it, like, it was, it was exactly what I wanted in a wrestling match. Yes, I could, I could see that. Well, the match that got me the most invested this year is our number one pick for match of the year. And it should surprise nobody as Cody heavy that I've, as I've been this time, I, that I chose the only match that made me cry this year. And it is Cody versus Dustin at double or nothing. Cause holy shit. It was amazingly done. It was that kind of moment. Like, and it was also because I wasn't expecting anything. It was me going like, oh, they didn't get to do this match in WWE, so they're going to get to do it now, and then they're going to keep moving on. Like I said, I I was still not having high hopes for Cody at this point. And then this match happened, and you got to see all my favorite things about, like, the Cody character of having Brandy on the outside, like, doing heel things to help Cody win, but Cody being unsure of, like, should I do this, should I not? And then, like, Justin just fucking bleeding like a stuck pig all over the mat and it was blood is one of those things that you have to be careful with this match needed that there are certain matches where i'm like that didn't need that much blood a majority of matches at uh, game changer wrestling would be this but this one was when i was like no this is good because it made dustin really feel like that baby face who's like this old dog waiting to be put down by his brother and just crawling to the ropes and just like you were begging for mercy by the end of it and And the uh, fact that we saw it live was so made the energy like feel so real like we were there for that and even though we didn't expect much of it it turned out in droves and it wasn't a classic wrestling match even or it wasn't a pure wrestling match, let's say. It was a it was an entertainment match. It was a storytelling match. Well, my favorite thing about this, and I'm curious if Blake remembers it, is after afterwards where Co- Cody's cutting that emotional promo of like, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. I, at that point, break down in tears and just hug Blake, <laughs> like, I just lean over, like, my best friend, my brother, 
And it's I, so weird. I don't remember any of that. Well, that was next to you. Well, you were on the edge. <laughs> you were having your own emotional issues on your side, whereas I was just sobbing and holding, cradling Blake in my arms, like Shaggy holding Scooby Doo. <laughs> I think that's how that went. Yes. Yeah, but it was just such a perfect. It was. It was the payoff of years of them going like it's gonna be amazing when we finally get to face each other in a ring it's gonna be great you guys just wait and then they did it and said yeah no you thought we were fucking around didn't you you thought we were playing but no fuck you we nailed it yep this also really just goes to show like the discrepancies between the kinds of wrestling that's our favorite the kinds of matches i really enjoy it yeah 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 and now let's get into the baby face of the year. And like I talked about, he it's like the heel. It's not the most evil person. This isn't the most good wrestler. This is who's done the most good this year, the most awesome things. And that's why I'm going to start with Blake's. Yes, because my baby face, like, like I mentioned earlier, he started out so strong. He won such an inspiring win. Like, he started this year not even close to where he got early on, and that yeah. is Kofi you Kingston. Take, you take nothing, turn it into something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Kofi Kingston. Um, because, like I said, uh, it was 0 to 60, 0 to 100 even, like, the, like how quickly the fans got behind him when they realized, like, no, we want him to win. When people were like, no... Kofi deserves this, he needs this, he's such a great guy, he's a great wrestler, and then he went and he won the championship at WrestleMania, and like, it was such a pure, beautiful moment, I've talked about what happened afterwards and just how sad that's made me, and even, even then, he's not lost his own positivity on stage yeah which i really respect and i really admire is even though he hasn't chased the belt again which i find sad but that's more of a bad booking decision well i mean not only that you've got to think like kofi or don't like kofi he was the first full-blooded african-american wwe champion took him a while to get there i'll give him that but like booking decisions aside, that is a moment that that community is going to have forever to rally around. I mean, like uh, getting to know Ran and seeing like how important that was for him and how important that is for like everyone in that community. It was a great moment no matter what. And it, it didn't even happen on purpose. It didn't happen on purpose. Fucking was it Ali who got injured and then, and then Kofi like last minute replaces him in an elimination chamber match and kills it so hard that WWE changes all of their booking for WrestleMania just for I know, that. Killed it so hard that all of the fans were like, like, de- like basically, de- it was a day. It was almost perfectly parallels WrestleMania 30, where the where the audience was like, no, no, you want to do this thing? No, yeah. no, 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 no. Which we're, I really hijacked how um, adamant that Brian was that no. Kofi's the one that's gonna face. I want Kofi at Mania. Yeah, exactly. And good on KO for being like, no, you're right. Yeah. Oh, was it supposed to be KO? Yeah, it was supposed to be KO. Remember, that's why KO's match was at Fastlane. Oh, okay, okay. It was supposed to be Kofi, and then they were like, yeah, no, Kofi, and they screwed over Kofi so that they could then switch spots. Oh, okay, okay, I can see that. Well, that is 
a fucking great, probably like if you, if historically best baby face of all time, you're going to have like Ricky, the dragon steamboat, John Cena and Kofi. Like that's going to be it as far as like your best good guys of all time. But Dylan, yours is, uh, yours is interesting. Cause yours and mine kind of parallel for baby face of the year. Uh, yeah, no, I, so I'm not as big of a Cody Mark as you, but, uh, I'm also like, cause he's the best, who's done the most good overall and Cody and like, you know, also with Brandy has done as much, I think, as he possibly can with his station as, as EVP. Like not only has he done great in the ring and like helped, like, you know, bring, he brought up MJF, he brought his brother in and made his brother relevant like again showed everybody that like he's tried to put over as many people as he can like that match with darby but like outside the ring like all the stuff that he's tried to do with like you know charity with uh like people with special needs at the shows like like championing things left and right media all that jazz like he's he's, he's done as he's you can tell that he's trying to do as much as he possibly can with his station and like to not only further like like pro wrestling and his company but like the people in it like like his boys that in there like you can tell that he and like you know the bucks and and kenny as well like they're all just looking out for him and he's like leading the charge of that because they're all evps but you get the sense that like cody is the one that's actually like a vice president. Yeah. Like, it feels like the other ones are like, you guys are just kind of in charge of the, like, Cody's the one where it's like, he puts on a suit and probably gives a fuck. And the other ones are probably there in like sweatpants and like a, like a, like a wrestling tee. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no, it's, it's been impressive. Yeah. He's the, he, he is that big dog on campus. Like he's, he's the one that's putting in the most work to make AEW like work in the, like behind the scenes too. Ooh, uh. Alongside being, a wrestler. Yes. Well, that leads to my baby face of the year, our number one baby face of the year. And I picked this almost purely out of being a content creator for this show. Because I don't know how you guys felt. This show got fucking exhausting. Especially during the, like, what happened after WrestleMania. Because each week it would be coming on and us being like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about the shitty Baron Corbin storyline. I don't want to talk about this. And like, it was, I got so much new Japan time though. Yeah. (laughs) but It it would get us like so upset because all we have to do is talk about this bullshit the whole time. And then finally couldn't even go back to ring of honor. We couldn't go to like most of this other impact. Impact wasn't back yet. Yeah. And then, AEW fucking happened. And for those of you at home, you can blame AEW purely for the fact that this show is like an hour and 30 minutes as opposed to an hour now. Because, like, it, it even showed back when, like, Double or Nothing or a Fighter Fest or any of that would happen. Because we'd come on the show and just get so excited to talk about something great happening in pro wrestling. And, like, it's brought a new level of excitement to the show. It's put new, exciting professional wrestling to watch every single week. They've brought in great talent, and they're still consistently bringing in like new people like Statlander and Big Swole and trying to get better every single week. And They got a fucking man dressed as a dinosaur over. Yeah. They could do anything. Yeah, exactly. 
And They're magicians. And AEW just... they AEW is the only thing that this year that has had a direct influence on the quality of this podcast you're listening to. Because I feel like when we're happy... We want to do this show. We want to come on and talk about all the great shit that happened. 100%. Like, it, it, it is made, like, it, being excited about wrestling is the only way you can enjoy wrestling. Because I've realized, like, what, listening and reading everything from all the shit posts on Reddit or any, like, negative news stories, and it's just like, Wrestling fans hate themselves more than anything, and when wrestle like that is why there's just like bad wrestling just compounds that. So the fact that we have a place that we can go where we can be jazzed about something and be happy about it, it's great. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, as a joke, I would always be like, my favorite TV show, oh Monday Night Raw. My favorite TV show, SmackDown. Just essentially telling people like, hey, I love pro wrestling. That's my thing. So I would just say that. When I say AEW Dynamite is my favorite television show, I'm not fucking around. It is my favorite. I do not miss an episode when it comes out. It doesn't matter if I'm at work or at home or whatever. I will watch every single minute of it. I don't fast forward. I don't try to skip past bad parts. I watch the whole thing. And that is why AEW is our 2019 Golden Boy Award winning baby face of the year. And now finally, let's get in to the individuals. The best, absolute best performer of the year. Not in ring, but just the person who was the fucking best this year. And uh, Blake, I you've already talked about him a lot. What else do you have to say about old number three here? Uh, number three, my best performer of the year is John Moxley, um, because, like I said earlier, I've never seen such a turnaround from somebody who seems so burnt out on wrestling to going whole hog in on "I'm going to fucking go into wrestling again," and he he just started out like, "Okay, fuck it." I'm going to do this video while I'm still contracted to WWE. I'm going to plan to let it out. I'm going to let this fucking video out, and then I'm taking bookings, bitch. And I don't care what I'm going to be, what you want to book me as. I want to fight. I want to get in there. I want to get, like, knee-deep in. I want to dive right in again. Yeah. And he went, um... He did some indies. Yeah, I was fixing um, to say, he... we never talked about his indie bookings, but, like, he had a fantastic match with Darby Allen. That was the first time Darby ever did, like, the hands-tied spot, where he's, like, mm -hmm. doing suicide dives and shit. That was against Moxley. Yeah. He, um, threw, like, he was ready to not only get back into wrestling, but get back into wrestling hardcore. Um, and then he went to New Japan. And then he um had his entire like his entire run with the G one, his run with the um United States Championship, uh he had uh his whole back and forth with shooter. Like all of the promos that he cut during that were fantastic. He was still bringing in comedy and he was still bringing in like funny shit too. And that just showed you, oh, this is what we could have had. 
this is how it could have been. What was the fucking pro- promo with Shooter? <laughs> Look at this guy fucking dropping panties all across the world. It's Shooter, baby. Pa- pa- Panda dropping shooter over panty dropper shooter over here. Yeah, Look at him. handsome, handsome son of a bitch. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, yeah. He was like holding up the middle fingers. Talk for me, shooter. Talk for me. And then shooter just holds up the middle fingers too. And he's like, no, 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 no. Promo, do promo. Uh, that was great. Um, then of course he came into AEW. Um, and he's been there for um, and, and you know for a little bit he kind of got uh. He was doing his own matches, so he wasn't in uh, in the title scene or anything, but his debut into AEW, um, being there watching it at Double or Nothing, it was so fantastic. His promo afterwards, like I said, the Paradigm Shift promo, um, and there's not been a Moxley promo this year that I haven't enjoyed, and there's not been like a thing that he's done this year that I haven't or that I haven't really found some enjoyment in or been entertained by because he he's a very entertaining individual when you just let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. And speaking of entertaining individuals, I'd like to go to number 2 for superstar of the year. And um this this one might be contentious cuz he's had a rough couple of months lately. But I'm really glad that he's my friend, and he knows that friendship will never, ever end. How could it not be fucking Bray Wyatt for the Firefly Funhouse gimmick? Because right after WrestleMania, all we see is a weird buzzard pop out of a box, and the entire world goes, The fuck is this shit? Uh, I love how ominous it was, too, when it started out. Well, it reminded me almost of, like, do you remember when Brodus Clay, um, who's gone through a bit of issues himself lately, uh, had his promos of, like, Brodus Clay's coming. Oh, yeah, the big Brodus is coming. And then, somebody call my mama! And he just debuts randomly this funk gimmick. That's what it was, but done right. Where it was all creepy and ominous, and people are like, Bray's gonna have some weird creepy shit happen. And then Firefly Funhouse happens, and I immediately go, Oh, this is gonna be the only reason I watch Raw every single week right now. And he never let it get tired. Like, there would be a week where you're like, okay, he's just going to do the mus- the Mr. Rogers gimmick again, whatever. And then that would be when he would do, like, the muscle man dance and do some Tim and Eric bullshit. And then finally, he reveals to everybody what this is building towards a fucking terrifying-ass clown. And it worked. It was horrifying. And then he finally debuts against Finn. And has an amazing match where he kills Finn so hard he has to go back to developmental. And my favorite thing about it is the fact that people are like, when you fight the Fiend, you change. And it's not a, oh, this is a spooky thing about him. It's a literal, when he fought Finn, Finn went to developmental, turned heel, fought Seth. Seth then turned heel. Daniel Bryan already looks like Orange Cassidy. Who knows yep. what he's going to be doing to the Miz at this point? Like, what's going to change yep. because of it? But everyone... he is a literal lake of reincarnation. Yes, everyone the fiend cha- faces they change. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. The only thing at this point that's holding him back is the fact of like 
He gotta find a new way to do matches and get rid of that red light. But other than that, I still like the. I feel like the best thing he could have done is what he did, which is fight the Miz as Funhouse Bray, and the whole time kind of nail down the fact of Bray Wyatt went away for a while and learned literally how to not feel pain and have Miz like literally do the fucking arm breaker, the Pentagon arm breaker spot and Bray just laugh, walk to the outside and run at a guardrail to pop his shoulder back into joint. It's such a grim, creepy character and it's provided so much entertainment this year with the exception of, um, one or two matches. <laughs> I will say that overall, like, he it, it has been a fantastic gimmick change, and it, as something that's gone, f- that, like, started out as, oh my god, this could either be really, really good or really, really bad, I'm glad that it stayed on the really, really good side, especially because Funhouse hasn't stopped being good, honestly, and Funhouse Bray hasn't stopped being good. Yeah, and um, my favorite part about it is the fact that even when like I said, worst angle of the year for me at some point was going to be Bray Wyatt post Hell in a Cell. And then TLC happened and I was like well he was bad for a couple months but he's really righted the course now and changed things up and I like it. Well, See that's the, that's the thing is like this is why he's entertainer of the year not wrestler because his matches are arguably like like not great. There's, the Fiend is limited and Bray Wyatt overall is limited as what he does as a wrestler. The, the Finn one was good. I did enjoy the Finn match because that was literally just hey watch the Fiend kill a guy and that was it. Yeah but like like the character he portrays like the thing where he just shoves his shoulder back and all that like that is that is the best of the WWE way of doing wrestling. Like he is the pinnacle of like you tell a story and then the wrestling is just there to like enhance the violence. Yeah, exactly. Um, but speaking of a guy who's good at the WWE style, the WCW style, the ECW style, the New Japan style, a man who could the really CMLL style. Yeah, a man who could really reinvent himself wherever he goes. Let's get into the Entertainer of the Year, Chris Jericho. I put him for this because not only did he, uh, not only did he like show up in AEW and he started doing this stuff, but before that, or like around that time. He did the Painmaker bullshit yeah. with Okada, which, like, wasn't great, but it was entertaining as a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, Chris, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Chris Jericho is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's fucking real good. Yeah, but the thing is, is that, like, so he, he had that, too, with, like, the spikes and, like, the, the hat and the looking, like, like Hot Topic Leather Daddy. Uh... And, like, you know what he did after he won the championship? Dropped all that shit like a bad habit. Yeah. And started wearing, like, like weird, colorful blazers. He got a new crew around him. And he started, like, started churning out catchphrases and, like, fun interactions mm-hmm. with people. He's He's easily, like... If he's not the first most entertaining part of Dynamite, he's second. Yeah. It, oh. It's like he, once he won, he was like, I can finally stop brooding now because I am as good as I remember. Well, my favorite thing is also, as we're doing this, I'm slowly realizing, like, other categories and what I would pick for it. And segment, promotional video, whatever you want to call it, of the year for me 
definitely goes to win. Jericho took the piss out of all of the shitty promo videos Cody made to build up to matches and brought in fucking Soul Train Jones, baby. It had just... Co- Listen, Chris Jericho's potential is like Olive Garden breadsticks. Unlimited. Unlimited. <laughs> By the way, that's quote of the year. Oh, yeah. I know that... <laughs> yeah. Because I know that because I co-opt that part. To talk to other people about things. <laughs> mostly people that are in mostly people that are in relationships and are talking about their significant others. So I was like, so you're saying your love is like Olive Garden breadsticks. Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. God damn. But yeah, Jericho, man, he's Jericho was a guy who at the beginning of the year when he came out for AEW, I'm like, that's a big gift for them, but whatever, it's just Jericho. It was about the same time he was doing the painmaker shit, and I was like that's whatever and then aew actually started and my favorite part about it is jericho in the past has been like well when i'm a heel i usually try to stray away from catchphrases because catchphrases make people like you but the thing is with jericho at this point as much as aew wants to i mean the whole you're welcome thing i brought all the people to this dance that's kind of true because no matter what show you go to, Jericho gets cheered, even when he's trying to get booed. He is playing a babyface masquerading as a heel. That is his character 100% at this point. And he can do he can do any and all aspects of a good wrestling character. Like, he has made so many transformations over the years, and he is still doing it. And to the level that he's always done it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, of course, make sure to order a little bit of the bubbly <laughs> online from Stephen fucking Amell, apparently. And don't forget to, uh, don't forget to create your own, uh, lexicon le champion. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading robo-penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> this show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for mm-hmm. a podcast, I think. And we're just going to be here to have a good time. And talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut PS. <laughs> good, good, uncut. All right, so boys, we've given out awards. What did we learn this week? I learned that when you get three boys in a box, they can talk a lot about wrestling. I learned. Blake likes John Moxley. I like Cody Rhodes. Dylan loves New Japan Pro Wrestling. You Da-da. just learned that? Yeah. yeah. I'm only wearing a shirt. That's fine. <laughs> I'm only I only brag about going to their show in Tampa, which I have to buy tickets for. Yeah, yeah. You know, for something I'm surprised about for as like I know he hasn't had the best year until recently, but I'm surprised that Kenny wasn't in as much of this as I thought. Kenny. There are people that were more prominent, and it's because, like, things haven't ramped up for AEW yet. Yeah, yeah, true. Next year, though, watch out. Yeah, like I said, honorable mention for match of the year does go to Kenny and uh, Kenny and Mox for their fucking brutal battle. Mm-hmm. 
But until next week, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. You can find me anywhere you can find most of these fine BS podcasts on the BS Podcast Network. Forget it. Just go follow Chuck Taylor. <laughs> Fucking Twitter account of the year. Follow Chuck Taylor, Boss Moz, and Warhorse. You guys heard it here for us. First, and follow me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon and check out all the other BS Network programs at a load of purebs.com because we ain't the only awards show in town. Blake and I are giving out the awesome awards on this week's episode of A Load of BS. It's the most awesome things we've gotten to do all year, so make sure to check all of that out <laughs> at a load of purebs.com. Special thanks to Megaran for our theme song, Fighters. And for um, being our friend. Yes. Hold on, wait, so wait, wait. Musical artist of the year, Megaran. Megaran. Mm-hmm. Have Megaran remix Cody's Cody's theme song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would love that. Uh, but, yeah, you can fi- fi- check out Megaran on Twitter. Check out all of his uh, music. He's got some great stuff out there. That's right. And remember to support the show, whether that be by donating to the Patreon, picking up some merch at merch.loadofyourbs.com, or just rating us on iTunes. Leave us those five stars you know we crave. But if you've done all of that, just tell a friend who loves pro wrestling that they need to check out the Fight Boys. And as always, you can find us at loadofyourbs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.loadofyourbs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter. At Fight Boy Show, Chuck Taylor, Boss Moss, and War Horse. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!